So we've talked uh, about the various ways God's been generous to us. So we've talked about how God's been generous to us with our time and how God's been generous to us with our possessions. Terrence talked about it last week. Uh, God is so generous. He's so generous. And this week we're going to talk about how we can be generous with our money that he's given to us. Uh, And then next week, Jeff actually, right here, he'll be talking uh, about how God has been generous to us with our talents. Uh, Jeff has a talent for teaching, and I've experienced that in our missional family, uh, and I'm kind of excited for you to experience his talent for teaching. Uh, So stay tuned uh, for next week. Uh, No pressure, Jeff, at all. No pressure. Um, So this week, we get to talk about money. Uh, Some might be wondering, why are we talking about money in church? Uh, Well, we need to talk about money in church. We need to. Uh, If you don't talk about money in church, you pretty much have to ignore uh, entire books of the Bible. So you have to ignore the book of Luke, which Luke talks about money all the time. Uh, Actually, you pretty much have to ignore Jesus, Uh, (laughs) because Jesus talks a lot about money. Uh, He talks more about money than he talks about heaven and hell combined. That's about money a lot. Uh, Jesus says how you position money uh, in uh, your life and what you do with your money, it shows uh, the true love of your heart. Uh, And so as your pastor, I need to be talking about money if I care about your heart. And I do. So we're talking about money. And one of the things I love about Jesus is he's so blunt. He just says it like it is. So in this passage, he says, you cannot serve God and money. Uh, let's, Let's read this text and pray and get started. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is God's word. Let's pray. Jesus, you say that we cannot serve you and serve money at the same time. You say that the nature of money's hold on our hearts can make us blind to its hold. Uh, I don't want anyone in this church to be spiritually blind. I don't think any of us want that. Uh, Jesus, how do you want to speak to each one of us today about money? What do you want us to see? Speak to each each one of us. Encourage us, rebuke us, set us free. Wherever we are at, I pray that each person here would hear a bold and clear word from you. Whether that's to encourage, rebuke, inspire, invite, may your spirit speak to each one of us. Your servants are listening. Amen. This morning, we're going to look at the good life. 
the good life and how to get it, uh, the big house, the nice vacations, the fancy cars. That's Jay Leno's garage. Um, so uh, when I was a kid, uh, see, that, that's what I was taught. Uh, I, I remember uh, my dad would talk to me about Jay Leno's garage. He had these car magazines, and he'd talk about this. And uh, he, uh, wouldn't you believe he has a 55 Mercedes, 300 XL, ZL, TL, I, I don't know. Like, he's got that. Jay Leno's got that. And, uh, and it, so it was settled in my mind as a kid, you know, I don't need 50, actually, I think he has 300 sports cars. Anyways, I don't need that many. I, I will settle for two or three. I remember thinking that. And, and it was settled in my mind. And, and I remember when I grow up, I actually want to give my dad a brand new Corvette because that's always been on his heart. And I was just a kid. And, and the funny thing is, I don't care about cars. <laughs> like, I still don't care. Like, many of you have seen my car. Like, it's a 98 Camry. I don't care. But I thought, you know, I should have two or three really nice ones. And I should be able to give uh, my dad a really nice one. Um, and Because I, I knew that was very important. I caught his vision of the good life. And I was ready to invest in it. So I want to actually, I'm going to invite you to turn to your neighbor and share your earliest memories of what you had in mind of the good life. Uh, and maybe who or where you learned that from. So, so in other words, who defined success for you as a kid? Uh, who defined the good life for you? And how did they define it? Let's, this is important for us to look at. So I'd like you to share for 30 seconds with your neighbor. Okay? 30 seconds. Any thoughts, Jeff? Any thoughts? What the good life was for you? Anyone got any good stories? Any good stories? The good life? Um, so uh, this morning we're going to look at the good life not according to my dad, not according to whoever formed you and your vision of the good life, but we're going to look at the good life according to Jesus. What did Jesus have to say about the good life? Our culture portrays the good life to us every day. The good life is seen as prosperity and my banking app. It says it, it wants to help me figure out what, what I'm worth, what, what I'm worth, as if my worth were wrapped up in the dollar amount in that account or whatever. But it's not just the bank that portrays the good life as prosperity. Uh, it's also kind of in our media. People who have uh, a lot of money are given status, right? 
Uh, but our, our neighbors also kind of can define the good life for us, or our friends. Uh, but in the Bible, Jesus portrays the good life not as prosperity, but as generosity. In our text, Jesus says, do not build up treasure on earth. More and more treasure on earth is not the good life. In another passage, he says, it's better to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35, the good life is not found in, get, in getting, but in giving. The good life is not found in getting, but in giving. So point number one, the good life, according to Jesus, is found not in prosperity, but in generosity. And many of you, you, you know this, I know this, it's nothing new, but it's easier said than done. Better to give than to receive. Uh, so let's look at kind of the, the logic of the good life according to Jesus, or how to get the good life according to Jesus. Uh, Jesus knew and knows about the power of money. Uh, there's something about it. There's just something about it. And Jesus knows that. He knows what the love of money can do. He knows what it can do to a human being. And you and I, we almost don't really need to hear that from Jesus because we can kind of see it around us. Uh, but in, in this passage, Jesus says there's something particularly alluring. There's something particularly attractive about money uh, that, makes it, that can make us almost blind to its force. Uh, and so in Luke 12, 16 to 21, Jesus tells a story. I told it a couple weeks ago. Uh, about a man who has these big barns, he's wealthy, and he decides with these big barns, he's going to tear them down, and he's going to build even bigger barns. And then when he's putting that last coat of paint on one of the, those big barns, God says, time's up. Time's up. And so he was consumed by greed. He was consumed by fear that he wouldn't have enough his whole life. How is that as a way to live? Jesus has so much better for you and for me. He does. Uh, so what's Jesus' antidote to the love of money? What's Jesus' antidote to that? Uh, I don't want to be consumed with a desire that consumes my very soul. You don't want to be consumed with that. So how do we resist? How do we guard ourselves from being these big barn builders? Uh, what's the antidote? What's the antidote? Let's see what Jesus says in our text. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. The antidote to the love of money is to practice generosity to God and neighbor. Our text says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. In other words, keep dreaming, keep desiring, keep, keep storing up, but store up for his kingdom. And there's a million ways to do that. Uh, I'm going to invite, actually, the people who are going to share up to the front. 
um, here. You can make your way up. Maybe if someone can grab chairs and set them up here. Uh, so Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so these, these people who are coming up, they've kind of decided that they want to put their treasure in different kinds of places than just storing up and getting bigger and bigger barns. Uh, for many of us, generosity might not come natural. Uh, and so we kind of need models of people who will show us how to live generously in kind of unique and creative ways. And so these people are chosen because they're each kind of doing that in different creative ways. So like Scott, uh, for years and years, worked in the Niagara Furniture Bank. Uh, he kind of helped set that whole organization up. And he was really generous with his time and his resources in that, to that end. Lisa, everyone knows, right? Discipling our, the, many of the women in our church. Um, Steph uh, and, and Steve, well, Steph on the board, Steve in, Steve in his work in the prison, the Thorold Detention Center, some of you know that. Uh, and Joy, uh, many of you don't know this, but Joy is generous in every way. But one of the things that I see is anywhere there's a gap at our church, Joy's there. Whether it's humanly possible to fill that gap or not, Joy's there. But she's always giving. And so these are people who I look up to for how they uh, store up treasure in heaven. And so uh, I'm pretty excited to have them. Let's give them a warm welcome up to the front. So I've prepared three questions. Uh, and so we're going to look at these three questions. Um, the first one is just, uh, how do you decide what to give and where to give? So anyone can just chase after this question. How do you decide what to give and where to give your money? I guess I'm up first. Yeah. Um, for us, this started very early in our in our marriage, and in fact, for me, it started as a teenager. I started making money as a as a kid pumping gas at a gas station, and and my parents kind of taught me, you know, listen, this is what you do. You got to give some of your money to God, and so I kind of started out of a discipline of doing it, knowing it was the right thing to do, but my heart wasn't completely in it at the time, and as Lisa and I got married, and and. Uh, uh, came together with our, our finances. We carried on. We both believed in that, so we, so we did it. Um, but for us, it wasn't really until we went through a lot of personal financial struggles. I had my own business. Um, Lisa had, had uh, decided to stay at home with the kids. And uh, so money was very, very tight for us. And <clears throat> we had people who were very generous with us. And uh, so as we continued to give out of our shortness of wealth, um, we were also the recipients of people who were very generous to us. And as we've carried on in our marriage, God has blessed us a little bit more financially. Uh, we're not struggling as much as we once were. And now we're able to sort of pass that forward a little bit. And, and, and it's because God has been a blessing to us in any way, even when, even when we didn't have much, he was a blessing to us. And uh, now we have a little bit more. He's a blessing to us. And when we, when we receive blessing, we can, we can also bless others with that. So our generosity um, 
now fuels. It started sort of out of a discipline, uh, but now we try and give a little bit more out of generosity and what God puts in front of us. Right. And, um, and that could be various things. You know, obviously the ministries here at the church are really, really, really important. We receive them, and we know that they bless the city of Thorold and beyond, so that's really important to us. And then God puts other things in front of us as well mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, uh, well, we can talk about the McMaster thing. And we have friends who do ministry at McMaster. Um, we try and help them out. We have some other things, the, the furniture mm-hmm. bank that you mentioned. Whatever God sort of puts in front of us, that's sort of what we decide. We pray through that and try and sort of decide to, to go from there. So. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, thank you, Scott. Uh, this question, how do you decide what to give? Anyone else want to touch on that? Yeah, I think, I think for us it was um, also like, like with Scott, um, a model from our parents, both Steve's folks and my folks. And it was that you, you give a percentage of your income back to God. But also, it was um, the message was about how you use the rest of your money too, not just what you give away, but being stewardly and careful, uh, caring for creation, and uh, sort of a, a stewardship of, of everything. I think, and um, so we both uh, were blessed by by parents who modeled that. I, th- I think somewhere along the way, it, it just became apparent to, m- to me that everything belongs to God. It's, it's, all, it's all God's anyway. And um, then on the flip side was um, a challenge that someone gave Steph and I. Um, we, we were young. We were having our first child. You, you, you better have a will then, you know, because you've got to provide. And we invited a Christian in to talk with us about it. And then at a certain point, he touched on, well, what do you give? And I said, well, we give 10%, you know. And he says, oh, you should get 14. <laughs> and I was trying to think, well, wait a minute, I just told you I gave 10. Why, why are you saying 14? Well, the, the government's going to give you, you get an income tax return, don't you? And then I said, yeah. And then he said, you know, and if you have the right heart, and if you give... 14, you'll soon be giving 15 and 16 and 20 percent. Um, it's all God's anyway. Wow. Wow. So uh, how did you learn to give? You, you had these models. That's powerful. Yeah. So they, they modeled for you a different vision of the good life, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, I want to move to the next question. Uh, and this question is, uh, what about a heart thing, you know, I know why I should save. I mean, you see that all over advertisements for investment companies. I know why I should spend, because I'm told by all these advertisements, you know, you deserve it. <laughs> so I know why I should spend. Um, but why do you give? Why? Uh, joy, yeah. Um, pardon my voice, I'm still fighting my cold, so it's a little bit husky. Um, For me, he has blessed me so much, and he continues to bless me, and so 
I just part of it is you know, obedience. Part of it is just thanksgiving and just being so grateful that he shares so much with me that I, it's a small thing that I can give back uh, monetary-wise. Yeah, so, um, and I've also found it's been a huge faith builder for me. Um, recently, as probably a bunch of you by now are aware, I've had some apartment issues. Um, I moved to a great new apartment, but my old place was giving me a huge hassle um, with the lease and all that, so I ended up paying um, double rent, which in normal circumstances, single rent is, is a tough thing for me. <laughs> Double rent was basically impossible. Um, so, but I, I trusted, I was, it was angry. I was confused why he had me doing this when he knew I didn't have any money. Um, but I trusted that he would get me through it and he blessed me um, continually with, with generous um, friends and with amazing things that I couldn't have dreamed of, that he helped me through it. And throughout this, I was continuing to give because I'm on an automatic um, tithing system for this church. And so throughout this, it was interesting because I, I, I trusted him and my faith was growing. I never even thought, well, how, am I, how would I ever be able to keep paying you know, my monthly tithe? It didn't even cross my mind because he was taking care of me. And, um, and yeah, and as of this month, he's actually, um, some of the stuff has actually been refunded to me and stuff, so he's brought me through it, and also some of the payments have been repaid, so that's absolutely amazing. Um, and so I know he continues to, yeah, be there for me, so it's the least I can do to, to repay him back. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, anyone else? We know why to spend, why to save, why give? Why do you give? I guess for me, maybe for us, it's about the closer we get to God, the more, the more of ourselves we want to give over to God. So whether that's our kids and their future or our time or our money, um, it's hard to give all those things to God. So when it comes to financial resources, it, it is like Joy said, it's a faith builder. It's about saying, okay, if you look at the numbers in front of you, um, it doesn't make sense. But I guess we found that if you kind of go only on the common sense model, you will never give of your time or your money or anything. Um, but when you say to God, okay, we don't really have this to spare, but you know, we're going to trust if you're leading us to give this amount to this circumstance or, or whatever, that you're going to multiply what's left. And that's, I find that's true with time. I find that's true with our energy. Um, God is a multiplying God, right? He makes something out of nothing. So um, it's about learning to trust that when it doesn't make sense, it doesn't matter because God makes something out of nothing. And there's always more and there's always stuff that you didn't expect. And the more you trust God with that, the more he does that. So it's kind of cool. And just to add to that, um, we didn't actually talk about this before, but I've been thinking through, Mark had sent these questions out a while ago, and, and one of the things that I struggle with the most about giving is, you know, the, this whole idea of giving. It started, you know, basically with the creation of human beings. And God asks you to sacrifice throughout your life and um, 
it just seems that we human beings, we grow best when we sacrifice. Um, we, we offer our time, uh, not just the extra, um, but where it costs. And uh, sometimes, you know, am I going to give this up in order to give this money to this person uh, rather than just take a little extra credit and give 50 bucks to someone who needs it? Um, maybe I'll give up going to that hockey game or maybe I'll give up doing this, going for dinner. And sometimes when we sacrifice, that's how we grow. Um, so a big part of giving, uh, at least in my journey, I'm being pushed to, uh, to try and give something up. I mean, that, and that's a struggle for me. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's not always easy, but I think that's some, sometimes, like Lisa said, that's how we grow often, is through sacrifice when we, when we give something up uh, in order to help someone else, in order to be generous. And uh, it's, it's a lot harder, um, but sometimes that's where God wants us. So. And it's on, the, on the why give, is there anything further on that? Uh, thank you. This has been really good. Uh, last question. Um, what advice would you have for people who are maybe newer uh, to this whole thing? Like, like, it makes sense, you know, you're heading out of the grocery store, there's a Salvation Army uh, box, you know, you can, someone with a, a bell. Makes sense to throw in a little bit. Um, but this whole kind of lifestyle of generosity what advice would you have for people who are just kind of figuring it out like maybe new to it yeah the the thing i think of is is um god's great love for me so how do i respond to that great love if, if someone loves me i need to show love in return and so um try to give of time, try to give of my person, my being, but then when it comes to the financial, yes, I, I also need to, to, to try and begin to give there. So if, if it's new to you in terms of financial, then I would say, first of all, um, give if you're sensing God's love. And, and if you do sense God's love, um, begin, begin small. And, um, and I sense that as, as you give, you will also receive, but you don't do it so you receive, but you, you give out of God's love and um, not, not out of your wallet. You give out of your heart, and um, I would encourage you to give out of your heart and just begin. Cool. Thanks, Steve. Um, and there might also be the... the challenge where you think, well, I, I can't, you know, give as much as my neighbor, as much as someone else, and I've struggled with that, because what I can give is so small compared to many other people, but I've come to realize that God's created, a, like, a, a joy niche, and he's created a, a Steve niche and a Steph niche, and my niche looks different from other people, so there's lots of giving that I can do with there, and sometimes, you know, the finance part might be small, but I have my time um, to be looking after my niece every week, and I have time to invite my, you know, lady small group to be in my home because I've got a, a home that I can open up to people. So just because your niche looks different than someone else's doesn't mean that it's not a good niche, that's not one that God hasn't created for you. So he's got resources that you can give. And so, yeah, he's got you. 
Maybe just uh, one more thing. When we were reflecting on these questions, um, so Steve and I give to a number of organizations that we kind of partner with over the years, and you tend to think of yourself as a donor, but really, um, in a way, like one organization we give to is called an, the Association for a Just Society, and they work on the front lines in Honduras bringing uh, legal services to poor people uh, because uh, the Honduran society is quite corrupt. So they've helped people deal with uh, who are victims of crime, whose land has been taken away, and so on. So in a way, uh, we're in Honduras, uh, and all the people who donate to that organization are in Honduras. So that gives us joy, too, right, to think that where there's great need, we can't be there physically, but uh, we can be there in, in other ways. Thank you, Steph. Anything further from this? I just want to sort of jump off what Joy was saying is, you know, for me, um, I often read messages on giving and stuff like that because it always seems, you know, churches are always known for wanting more money and all that kind of stuff, and that's not who the village is. Uh, the village is, is about, of course, we need resources uh, so that we can continue to do what we're doing in the city of Thorold and beyond. Um, but for me, uh, again, gets back to... Uh, what Joy was saying, this whole idea, and, and you've, your, your sermon really hit it today, it's about a heart, and it's about having hearts of thanksgiving. Um, w this is not a legalistic thing, you know, you need, to, you, know, you need to give this set amount to the church every Sunday. It's about having a heart and, and spiritualized to see what God is putting in front of you. Um, a lot of what God puts in front of us is right here through the village, so we want to give resources there. Our hearts just want to respond to what God has in front of us. And that's why, again, it gets back to what Joy says, we all have our niche. We all have whatever God's putting in front of us. So this message to me is about having a right heart and, uh, and seeing what God's putting in front of us, and whether that's financially or otherwise, words, time, whatever resource we have. So that's what giving's about to us. So uh, thanks for saying that, Joy. Yeah. Well, this uh, panel, uh, you have just given to us. I know it's, it's not something that's fun for everyone, going up front and doing this public thing, and you've opened your lives up a bit. Uh, and so we just want to warmly thank you for coming up and sharing so openly. Let's thank you. Thank you.